Look, I'll be honest, we haven't really got a lot of games to cover this weekend on the Brisbane Football Review, but we do have plenty of news stories. I think we'll be able to fill out the next hour. Let's see how we go. Yes, hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott, Adam, and our special guest Trixie, if you hear any barking in the background. She's uh, just up here paying us a little visit and probably doing a better job producing than I ever will. Adam, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, James Scott, how is everyone? It is the January transfer, and I'm really happy with our new addition to the team. It's off to a great start, is Trixie. Aside from the fact that she's licking herself right now. I should point out, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Trixie is the new puppy my wife and I have, and, well... She's missed us all day, so thought we'd bring her up into the, our little recording studio, so we'll see how it goes if she tries to bite the microphone like she was doing a couple of minutes ago. Anyway, uh, let's start off with some plugs. This is the Brisbane Football Review podcast, a Podular Media production. Uh, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook, The Raw Review, still working on that with Mr. Zuckerberg. Twitter, at BNE Football. Send in any comments, questions, and um, you may be listening to us on Football Nation Radio, the online radio streaming platform. Thursday lunchtime and we appreciate them uh, playing our podcast every week it's nice to be on there and also uh, you might be listening to our podcast on one of our many many platforms you've got Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify Stitcher, TuneIn feel free to leave a rating and a review we always love hearing uh, that people actually listen and enjoy what we're doing our egos are very fragile or at least mine is anyway <laughs> yes alright so despite the fact that the Raw's action ended at about 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. We've actually still got quite a lot to talk about in this episode, don't we, Scott? We absolutely do. There's no, no game review in segment one, but there's plenty of news going around from before the Saturday at midday that's been happening, and there's plenty more since then as well to talk about. Yes, definitely. And we're going to start off with uh, the story that broke Friday afternoon, I'm fairly certain, from uh, SBS's David Lewis, make of that what you will, but reports uh, Scott McDonald is uh, on the outer of Western United and has decided to leave the club and come to Brisbane on an 18-month deal. Now, in the four or five-ish days since then, we've had no real official confirmation one way or another, although Anna Harrington from AAP did follow that up with a story that had actual quotes in it, uh, talking about how McDonald has asked for his release. Adam, let's just assume this does happen to go ahead. What do you make of the idea that the Raw need to add another striker? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think it's a case of getting, you know, perhaps, you know, the best possible viable of what you can, you know, that that's a strain at the moment. Obviously, the Raw's visa sort of, you know, spots are all taken at this present moment. Therefore, therefore, there's a sort of a need need to sort of get what's best of the rest. And look, Scott McDonald, I think he brings experience. It all depends on which one 
shows up if if we if uh, the Royal were to get the you know the version that was that plays trade in Europe all those years ago and sort of recaptures the you know, blast from the past then yeah it'll be a very very good signing although if the Socceroos one shows up I wouldn't expect many goals well, we'll might talk about the Western United McDonald because that's one that will show up but I think I think it's been I think it's pretty clear that he's likely to leave Western United it's been rumbling for about a month now that he is on the outer with Mark Rude and had some sort of disagreement that's led to him sound like he's asking for a release and they're probably working through that at the moment. The, re- the real thing is with the Raw, as we talked last week about how they, they've got a lot of attackers, a lot of defenders, they need midfielders and creativity. Now, he's not a midfielder, but he is creative. He's got that creativity in him in that front third, but it would have to be as one of the two strikers, and they've already got four or five really good options in that front third, and McDonald will have to compete with those players to fight for his spot. And I'm, We might get the European McDonald, we might get the Socceroos McDonald, but we're probably going to get the guy we saw at Western United who's done okay he's been been okay when he's played he hasn't been spectacular hasn't been awful but I don't know there's going to be anything different than what we saw in the first handful of games at Western United I think the big overreaction as well but with you know, the link of uh, Scott McDonald perhaps coming to the Raw is that which youngster will miss out and look to be honest, to be honest I think it's a it's a big hyper overreaction or it's a bit a few of the fan clubs that have been developed with these sort of these, these young players, you know, getting a little bit, you know, insulted by. But at the end of the day, look, there's sort of suggestion that, you know, if he was to sign Dylan Windsor Hall's on the outer, and he may leave. That, to me, uh, unless unless he's become, you know, unless he's got an agent who's looking for the biggest payday possible, I can't see that happening. I think, look, he's going to spend time on the bench, but you got to remember, he's 23 years old. You're not going to get the best out of him. He's not going to be the Messiah right now. He, he he's a young talent player, but you know what? On the face of it, so far, he he's had his chance and it hasn't really amounted to much as far as um, as far as sort of you know what the raw need to really sort of you know, step forward. There's potential, but that's you know let let him you know develop his own time. As for Mirza Morovic, I know which Scott's about to I know touch upon because yeah. you know, I think he might be the president of this fan club. Um, look, same thing. He's, he's had a run. He's gaining experience. Look, again, uh, it's a case of he's done well. It doesn't mean that, you know, he has to play every week to prove a point. I think the fact that he has shown what he can so far, I think it's a good sign. Yeah, well, the other thing as well, following on from that uh, young player development uh, stuff, I if we've seen one thing from Robbie Fowler in his first few months in charge is he's not afraid to make changes. So just because, you know, Dylan Wenzelhalls isn't in the lineup at the moment. That doesn't mean that in a month he won't be. Yeah. I do agree with that. Now, you're not getting an invite to the, for, for the fan club. That's, that's, that's your completely bad. What's the full name of the fan club? It's the Prince Mears of fan club and you might get an invite. <laughs> I haven't said anything. That's yet. right. You haven't said anything yet. But I do agree with you. It's not about mm. them. It's more you need a pathway for them. They've got yeah. talent. They've got potential. But you need to put them on the right path to, de- to develop that potential. And I don't think that if you, I don't think it'll happen, but if, say, Mirza Muradovic now goes back to just playing in the MPL, I don't think that's any good to his development. He's now shown that he can play in the A-League. He's done really well these couple of games. There needs to be a plan for him and for Dylan Wenzel Halls to get that, to bring that development out. You said Wenzel Halls is 23, he's still young, but at that, by 23, you should be an established player. I know he's on a different path because he's come from the MPL, he's a bit of a late bloomer, but there needs to be a path for them to actually get minutes, and that's where I think you do have a bit of a log jump at the moment, because you've got those two, you've got potentially Scott McDonald, you've got the two Visa players with Marty Holloway and Roy O'Dolvin, who when fit and in form are probably going to be the first choice pairing, you would think, and they're still drying him at the club as well. There's a lot Maybe. of... He, yeah, well. As of <laughs> recording, he's still at the Brisbane Raw, so still there's a lot of the options player. there to work through. That's the, 
And it's interesting to see how you're going to manage all those minutes. So that's, that'll be the really trickle thing for Robbie Fowler because he has mixed his squad up a lot, but how you balance six or seven forwards when you only play two in a game, maybe one off the bench, that's a difficult thing for any manager. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we are talking about this as though it's a done deal. Let's hear what uh, Raw CEO David Pure had to say about uh, the Scott McDonald rumours at the press conference this afternoon. Well, I think firstly and foremost, we welcome more players who want to come and play for the Raw. Uh, if they're good enough or not, we certainly uh, would look at that through due process. Have we made any approaches? Not that I'm personally aware of. Uh, but we, uh, we've got a very good team and we're looking forward to uh, a wonderful game here on the weekend on Saturday in this marvellous stadium. And the best thing of all, Jack's back. His first game uh, back at Suncorp. So I'm sure a lot of fans will get out and, and come and watch Jack. And obviously our newly signed uh, number one goalkeeper, probably one of Australia's best, uh, Mr Young, out here as well. Hopefully not stopping too many goals because it's down the other end and the other end of the net. Yeah, I don't get involved personally in those matters. Uh, all I know of is what I've read and, and seen on Fox Sports around uh, his willingness to separate out of Western United. I think like any player and club that want to go through that process, they will. And uh, after that process is finished, I'm not sure where we'll end up, if we're talking to him or not. But it's like any player wants to get out, that process will follow and that's about it. OK, so that was uh, Raw CEO David Pure there at the uh, press conference at Suncorp Stadium talking about... Well, a few different things in that little grab there, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on as well because I think that, that is very important to cover uh, what was discussed there today as well. Now, there was a fairly non-committal response uh, from David there, and I think overall, I, I get that they need to make their like improve their attack. I think that's something that we're all well and truly aware of. Yes, they finally put two past the Wanderers in their last game, but overall, yeah, you're right. This attack just hasn't been there, and you'd have to hope that maybe there's a little bit more to come, I suppose, Scott. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, I think there is a chance that one of these attackers is on the move as well. I mean, I think a couple of them are on one-year deals anyway. Maybe somebody is moving on, but they have to they have to improve the attack. You're absolutely right. And I think McDonald, he can be an improvement because, as we said, he has got that creativity in him, but it's a, it's a risk because we haven't seen it in full in full effect so far for Western United so far. Yeah, well, and also we probably should remember he's, what, 36, give or take? Somewhere around McDonald's? there. He's, he's well into his 30s. Yeah, definitely. And I'm fairly, there was a point where he was uh, retired, I'm fairly certain. Don't, don't quote me on that if it's incorrect. But, um, yeah, I think overall what we're still waiting to see is just, well, first of all, is he actually going to get out of Western United? And if he does, does he come to the Brisbane Raw? Yeah. But on the plus side, you know, we should be really happy for this uh, these rumours to come out because, let's be honest, it's helped, us, it's helped us fill the first 10 or so minutes of this show. It has. I think it's an 18-month deal is a rumoured deal as well, isn't it? So it's not just this year. It's also for all of next season as well. So it's not necessarily a short-term thing if you believe Dave Lewis is reporting. It's a, a more of a long-term fit that Robbie Fowler's going for. Definitely. All right. Well, one of the players that um, could be on the move to try and accommodate uh, any new January signings, not just Scott McDonald, would be Jai Ingham. Now, it's a bit of a weird situation because he hasn't really been sighted around the grounds for the last couple of weeks, has he? He played in a youth team game two weeks ago, I think, away to Melbourne Victory was the last time he was sighted. I, did he leave Melbourne with the team, or did he I just don't, stay there? No, I, I, think he was, I think he was actually at AJ Kelly Park on Saturday watching his brother play for Perth Glory, but he wasn't involved, so 
He hasn't been cited in a Brisbane Raw shirt since that Melbourne victory game two weeks ago in the Y League. Yeah. Okay, so... And then there was also the uh, photo that we found from... Who found it? I Yeah, it, um, I found it. Persia Jakarta, apparently, is the name of the club. If you believe some of the Indonesian... Transfer rumours. Transfer rumour pages, that's... Although, apparently... unfortunately, they haven't got a great record with... Uh, these rumours and, and, Brisbane, and Brisbane Raw players that we know about Jacob the, Pepper. the Jacob Pepper one um, last year which allegedly fell through so look again I am with all this I think even even the Scott McDonald one until until such a time that Scott McDonald was here with Robbie Fowler and David Puray I think you'd take it for what it's worth but you know there are it, like so it's I'm trying to avoid my usual cliche because I don't think it's appropriate but I guess there is uh, we, we, you've got some sources that are fairly, you know, fairly strong are tipping this. And obviously the Western United sort of, you know, separation, that looked like it's coming. But where he lands after that, that's, I guess, the question. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're just going to have to wait and see, obviously, because this is a silly season. A lot of things are rumoured. And also, with the way that uh, A-League contracts are, you also don't want to wind up in a position where you're talking to a player who's still contracted and the club winds up paying the price for that. No, you don't, definitely do not want that. Of course, we saw the Brisbane Royal Western United. They had a bit of an issue, you, you could say, a couple of weeks ago after their A-League game. So maybe it's something there. I don't know. But I do think McDonald will eventually leave Western United. I, just, I think that's almost a foregone yeah. conclusion. And it seems like Brisbane's his destination. But I, I think the Royal have a full squad right now, don't they? So well, that's, that's it. I think so that it's going to have to be a domino effect. Someone's going to have to leave before he gets here. And, that may, and look, that may be what the case may be, is that they need to, they need to um, eject someone before have, have a contract before they could even accommodate him. If, again, we're playing with a lot of rumours. That's I think that's one thing yeah. we've got to make. Look, we need filler, all right? So, yeah, transfer yeah, rumours are more than fine by me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a couple other ones I see on the run sheet. That's it. Well, let's go to the next one then. Um, we've got Stefan Mork linked with a move away from Brisbane at season's end. MacArthur and Western United have been mentioned, so it could... Look, this thought just popped into my head. We could wind up with one of those player swap deals where if Scott McDonald winds up coming to Brisbane now, we could see uh, Stefan Mork go the other way as a bit of a make-way. That's entirely possible. Another story from Dave Lewis, so again, make of it what you will, but that's, I think he signed a four-year deal when he joined the Raw, and it hasn't really worked out for him up here, really. If you think about it, had the um, early injury red card then he had the long-term injury so he missed the whole of the second half of last year and I think the change of managers really had an impact because he was brought in to be a number 10 but not a creative number 10 more of a goal scoring number 10 if you think you think about someone like a Tim Cahill playing in that number 10 or making those late runs into the box from midfield and getting on the end of things that's kind of what he was brought in to do and that's not the way Robbie Fowler wants his number 10 to operate he wants a more of a creative type player you think of a J.O. O'Shea type player that's what he's looking for in there and there's not really a fit for Stefan Mork at the moment. It's kind of a square peg in a round hole. It's not that he's a bad player, because he's a perfectly good player. He's a, he helped Adelaide win the double a couple of years ago. So he's, a, he's got the talent to do it. It's just, is he the right fit for Brisbane Raw right now? Perhaps not. And if he's not the right fit, it might be best for all parties if he moves on again, assuming there's any truth in that story. And that is actually probably the perfect way that I would sum it up. Is He's a good player, but square peg in a round hole, because... That goal-scoring midfielder role, I think that could wind up falling to Brad Inman, and he can't really play that deeper-lying midfield uh, role that Aidan O'Neill's currently probably got a bit of a lock on. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is that, that's, that's the one thing that... It's a case of... Just because it hasn't worked out doesn't mean that, yeah, Stephen Mork's a bad player. You know, it's just a case of it doesn't fit the style, especially when he was signed. He, he, but given a four-year contract, I think it would be a suggestion that, you know, John Elowissi sort of had a, um, 
had, I guess, a major role from in mind. And with Alawisi gone, I think his, his stock's pretty much plummeted. And I just don't think he he fits the way that Robbie Fowler wants to play. And at the end of the day, you know, if if there's opportunity elsewhere, you know, I think he's which we more than happy to let him go. Do it. It's not uncommon. You think this happens? Mm. It happens everywhere oh, around yeah. the world at all different levels. New managers come in yep. with new mm. ideas, and all of a sudden players who don't fit that style either have to adapt or move on to another opportunity where that does suit them. I think we're at that stage with Stefan Walker. It's going to go one way or the other. He'll either adapt to play one of those holding midfield roles or he'll move to a club where he can play that that role he's best suited to. One name that actually jumps out at the uh, right off the bat for me is actually probably Massimo Luongo. Yeah. I remember, I think it was when he was at... Is he still at QPR? I just moved on from QPR now. Yeah, when he was there, I think they brought in... Um, I want to say Neil Warnock or someone that basically just didn't believe in having a midfield and he was he wound up out in the cold there and wound up having to move on anyway uh, we'll keep going with a couple of other transfer stories as well huge news out of NPL uh, Queensland well actually a couple of huge news bits of news out of NPL Queensland we're going to start off with young Gold Coast Knights defender Oscar Dillon is a young Gold Coast Knights defender no more he's off to Western United and actually was on the bench about 24 hours after the move was confirmed yeah another player I'm president of the fan club of but I think Adam might actually join the join meeting why do you have all this time I don't know it's it's we don't meet very am, often, all right. I am a fan of Oscar Dillon. It, look, he's one of the two players I've always said around NPL Queensland. I would sign at all 11 A-League clubs. Him and Jez Loftus could fit in at any A-League club, and I think he's going to do a terrific job down there. I think Aaron Calver's injured at the moment, and there's somebody else. Con- Aaron Con- 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 Chapman, Con- Con- Chapman is leaving. Urson Gulam is injured, so there's that's why there's that's why he was on the bench against Melbourne City last week. There's a lot of injuries down there, and I don't think it'll be too long before he gets his opportunity. And I think if it does happen. I can see him excelling in that side. We saw how well he went when Matt Smith went down to Gold Coast Knights. He went to another level alongside a top, a top experienced player. I think that you put him alongside Andrew Duranta, who's in that category, he could really excel down there and make a name for himself. I'm really happy for him to get the opportunity. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and we want, and we we love seeing you know, players from NPL Queensland take that next step. And uh, look, but I think he, he's one he's one of the better ones that you know we we wish him well, except except when he plays against the Raw. I still wish him well. I don't. When, it, when he's against the Raw, that is. Yeah. Every yeah. other time, yeah. that's fine. He can play well and the Raw can still win. That's right. Now, I've got a bit of a restless puppy at the moment, so I'm just going to tee up the next story and I'm going to let you two take the lead on that. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, Gold Coast United opting to make a pretty big splash with the season on the horizon and as it turns out, they've signed 40-year-old Shane Smeltz. Yes, Shane Smeltz, who was coaching Sydney FC in the academy and then he left that early, late, Jan- late December and yesterday he was announced as a sign for the MPL Queensland Gold Coast United. And it's it's an interesting one because they've got a lot of attackers. They brought Sam Smith in from their crosstown rivals, and I don't know how he's going to fit out. But I think it might be a case of he comes off the bench to start the year as that sort of a real option off the bench. I don't think he's going to start given they've got a lot of good attackers anyway. But has that player who comes on 20 minutes to go? We need a goal. Throw Shane Smelter on and see what happens. It's a real expect a signing, and congratulations for. You know, Gold Coast United for you know pulling that coup off. It's like they're getting the band back together with, you know, with Christian Reese the coach, uh, you know, Matt, Th- uh, Michael Thwaite in you know, defence, you know, and now Shane Smelts up front. It's getting a real feel that nostalgic old you know Gold Coast United of the A League, you know, a decade ago. But yeah, look, I think it's fine where he fits. I think, I, yeah, you're right. I can't see him starting straight away. I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, I think. I, but just him and Sam Smith on on the park at the same time, that 
that is going to be you know, a decent combination. And look, and they've got some great young yeah. young attackers in there. So, look, I think it's, it can only be good if, if it all goes to plan with Gold Coast Shadow. I think they're, they're a shot at you know, being a real threat this uh, upcoming season. And I got so many jokes about uh, Matt Smith on Shane Smeltz in the first Gold Coast derby, <laughs> reminiscent of the 2012 A-League Grand Final, but I might save that for when that gets a little bit closer. Can Gold Coast Knights just sign Bob Malcolm on a one-day deal? <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. That would be phenomenal. But um, yeah, I th- I'm on board with you, Scott. I don't think he's going to have a major role early on in the season. I feel like he's going to play a role more for things like the FFA Cup, yeah. where you do need that experience. and. You, know, you look at guys like um, Alex Smith last year who came in and you know gave that sort of veteran leadership to that uh, Gold Coast uh, to the Olympic side yeah. that you know they, maybe they were lacking just that little bit in the grand final because they lost him that week in the week leading up to it. So yeah, I well, it's another reason to get excited about NPL Queensland coming that, up. That uh, that Gold Coast derby that is shaping up as you know one of the early games of the season. It's much must watch for the NPL. Yeah, definitely, and I'm fairly certain that uh, well, I assume Simon Smale is going to do a fantastic job on the call of that as well. Yes, I'm sure he will. I'm sure. He will. Yes. Anyway, um, Marco Rojas. That's one other name that's been uh, rumoured as a possible option lately. He's a free agent by the sounds of things. Any interest? Uh, yes, but I think he's probably nailed on to Melbourne City, unfortunately. Um, I I would, but I think he's off to Melbourne Victory. Either way, the Raw have to open up a visa spot to get him in. It would be a perfect... So think about what the Raw need. Creativity in that front third. Some, a bit of an X factor. He would absolutely provide that. I just think that a club down south probably already done the deal. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he winds up in one of the Melbourne yeah. clubs. Yeah. The only other place I think that it would be very, very interesting if he ended up in Wellington because that would make them a very, very decent team. But again, it's all, again, it's all spitballing and uh, rumour until such time that he signs a dotted line. Nothing against Scott McDonald, but I actually feel like that wide playmaker that Marco Rojas can be, he is much more what the Raw could use uh, to, try and, to try and take a lot of that pressure off Jay O'Shea as well, rather than another striker to put in the box. But that's just me, and that's why we're sitting here in my home office rather than uh, working out of Logan trying to organise the Roar. Isn't that right? That's right. That's why we're not paid to run the club. Exactly. We're not really paid to do a whole lot, are we? No. All right, well, we're going to take a break then, and we'll come back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here, and uh, we're now producerless, so we'll have to see how that goes without the bell ringing in the background. So the standard's about to drop dramatically without our producer here. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, also because I'm back in charge. Oh, man. Come on, Adam, we've got to fix this. All right, let's get back yes, into you it. you do something, weekend host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. We've got a whole lot more to talk about, so we're just going to keep rolling with the news stories that have come out over the last six days since we recorded up at Redcliffe and uh, we're going to go to the national team starting off with the Olympic qualifiers for the Ollie Roos. Connor O'Neill and Aidan O'Toole are involved in the squad from a Brisbane Raw perspective. What did you just say? Connor O'Toole and Aidan O'Neill. There you go. <laughs> wow, okay, that coffee I've just had is done absolutely <laughs> I was going to say, that's a couple of new signings there we didn't know about. <laughs> Hello, Aidan and Connor. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Connor, one-time podcast guest as well, yes. so yeah, good on me. Anyway. Anywho, yeah. <laughs> First game is against Iraq tonight. Wednesday is uh, we're recording. Kickoffs in about an hour and a half. I think it's nine fifteen Eastern Daylight Time. Yeah. Yes. So you know, if you're listening to us on uh, Football Nation Radio or probably on podcast, then 
yeah, you'll know the result and we'll look like complete idiots. Actually, I probably already do after that. <laughs> yeah, <so>. after, <laughs> after that, you probably do, to be fair. This is a good squad, though, in all seriousness from Australia. There's a mix of A-League players who people are quite familiar with, and then there's players who are overseas who've done quite well, and Zach Duncan's a poster boy for that because he's obviously gone over to Denmark and been really successful the first half of the year, and I think if they do qualify, he might be a big reason why because he's in midfield, he can absolutely run a game. The big thing I always uh, remember about Zach Duncan, probably will for the next six or seven years, is that inch-perfect pass to Bortiak set up that penalty in his final uh, game with the Raw. Yeah, no, no, Zach's been going very, very well over in Denmark. I think that's a move that's paid off, and obviously it's paid off because um, Graham Arnold, you know, he did say a few weeks ago, you know, that he's been, he's been monitoring him, then, like I said, and now he's entirely in with the squad. But I also think uh, of the young players that were not so familiar to the A-League, uh, so I think Ben Falami, I think, might be one to, to watch Ipswich Town. as well. Yeah. I think mean, one time Everton. Oh, oh no wonder you know yeah, him. So, no, yes. So, so, so yeah, look, um, but look, yeah, but also as well, I think uh, of, of the known varieties, everyone's hopeful that Al Hassan Toure continues on his, you know, his, his tear that he's been on this, this season so far in Australia. Definitely. It's a good squad. There's three players unavailable except for whatever happened overseas. Ooh. At the oh, back yeah, end of last right. year, Riley McGree, Brendan Wilson and Lachlan Wales, I think, were ruled out of this tournament. So this squad could even get stronger if they do qualify for Tokyo. I don't know if their suspensions carry over all that way or if it's only for this tournament, but there's three good players there who you could potentially add to that squad as well. Definitely. All right, so Iraq tonight, Thailand and Bahrain up next, and they must finish in the top three to make the Olympics. So how do they finish top three, Scott? Well, there's two groups, I think, and then there's crossover. You've got to, if you make the semifinals and Japan are in the semifinals because they're participating in this tournament, you're automatically in. Outside of that, it'll be the two teams in the final and the third-place winner. But I think I think it's pretty clear Japan will at least get to the semifinals. They're really strong in this region, obviously, as we well know, and I think they're most likely going to take it seriously as a lead-up tournament for them. They'll want to excel in their home Olympic Games, so I think they'll take it seriously and make the semi-finals. This is, of course, not just Olympic qualifying, it's the AFC Under-23 Championship, so it's a pretty big tournament. It's the last major youth tournament before you hit senior level, so it's a tournament they'll take serious, seriously. So I do think if if our Oli Roos can make it through to the semi-finals, they'll be in the, in the, in the um, Olympics come August, James. Yes, definitely. All right, and uh, Oliroos aren't the only side that are still in, uh, that are in Olympic qualifying action coming up. You've got the Matildas as well. Now, from a raw perspective, Arnold, Gorry, Kellen Knight, Polkinghorne, Rasso, and Yallop all named in the squad. Tournament takes place next month in China. The games are against Chinese Taipei, Thailand, and China. Top two advance to the playoffs, and the playoff winners announce to the uh, advance to the Olympics. So it's going to be a pretty tough out for the Matildas as well. If they do what we expect them to do, the, the qualification should be there. But it's no, it's no lay down there either. That um, if they go, they have to put in. It's as simple as that. They've, they've got to perform, or else you know. I think obviously the qualification side of things that should be fairly easy even if they have a bit of a calamity against you know host nation China. But it's the two-legged playoffs that follow that. That's where it really gets um, gets interesting, and that could be uh, a case of. You lose that and no Olympics for them, which I think the Matildas are, I think, you know, a, a team that are expected to, to be at the Olympics. Absolutely, and that two-league playoff could be against North Korea, who is very strong in the women's game, depending on if you may, if you slip up or if they do. So that could happen. The positive thing is that Japan are not in the women's qualification tournament because it's not an age-based group tournament. It's just yeah. a tournament purely to qualify for the Olympics. They were already qualified, obviously, so they, the Japan won't be there. So that's 
the really the really big foe for Australia won't be there. That's a bonus. But as Adam's point, there's still some really good sides to get through. Yeah, definitely. All right, now uh, we are going to get a little bit serious for a moment, which I fully accept is not my strong suit. But obviously, there's a uh, pretty tough situation going on down south at the moment with bushfires uh, throughout, well, pretty much all of Australia at the moment. So, um, in a move that I think we're all happy to get behind as well, the RAW are supporting rural aid bushfire and drought relief at the next two home games at Suncorp Stadium. And uh, you can bid now on signed limited jerseys. I believe they're the black jerseys they wore in the Adelaide United match. And uh, all proceeds will be donated to providing assistance to those effective. So, look, rather than trying to put out very limited organisational skills to the test, we're just going to say, go there. That's just much better for, I think, what we're capable of. And obviously thoughts are with everyone down south. Absolutely. There's plenty of all sports men and women all over not just Australian but international obviously as well there's obviously the tennis circuit too at the moment there's plenty of people donating to this course and if you can if you can donate you should and if this might be a great way to do it as a Brisbane Raw fan there's some unique unique jerseys on offer there your favourite players match worn jersey potentially signed as well as it's a washed or unwashed I've, I've actually got a genuine question about that's a, that that's an interesting question you <laughs> see can I ask, couldn't stay serious you I'm can, very sorry you can ask that question if you like but it's a great opportunity to pick up a a piece of unique memorabilia while also donating to yeah. a terrific cause and it's something I think we'll all definitely get behind. And that, that's the main thing is such such a cause, you know, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a catastrophe that of an unspeakable scale, yeah. I think, you know, it calls for everyone, you know, sport lovers, everyone across to, to support and I think, you know, good on Brisbane Royal, good on all 12 clubs including MacArthur who have in a way in one way or another you know have gotten behind I think you know congratulations that goes well to um, A-League Memes yeah. as well who really you know champion the cause on that now and they look they've come up with a lot of jokes and a lot of controversy here but this is one thing that you know the guys there have done a fantastic job you know rallying that so you know also you know want to sort of you know pay respect to them that you know they've really sort of gotten behind you know and rallying all 12 clubs to get behind this but and yeah, we've said all we can as far as you know. Yeah. Jones, we we wish nothing but the best for those. Football's done quite well as well. I think the A League's donating for the next two rounds as well. I think Lou Stick has organised a, a charity fundraising game in late May, I believe. So there's a lot of people putting in it, putting in really good initiatives to raise money for people who need it. Another initiative that's actually taking place as well. It's just been announced 46 minutes ago, as I read this, by Football Queensland. Uh, They've confirmed their support for families and communities impacted by devastating bushfires sweeping Australia, uh, kickstarting their campaign with a donation to Red Cross uh, Disaster Relief and Recovery Appeal. And in addition to the donation, FQ and Brisbane Raw are teaming up to organise a charity match between Raw Legends and an NPL Queensland Select Team and Celebrity VIPs to be played before Brisbane Raw versus Wellington Phoenix at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday the 18th of January. Wow. Terrific. The Football Foundation Cup and Round 1 of the NPL Queensland will also be dedicated as a bushfire appeal round so yeah good on them for that as well and again we'll have to make sure we share those out on our social accounts as well because well we've got a much smaller reach than Brisbane Royal and Football Queensland so they need the uh, little boost they'll get from us <laughs> again sorry I couldn't stay serious no, it's a terrific yeah. initiative though isn't it really I'm really intrigued to see how that pans out as well yeah definitely so you know all, all the more reason to get to that to that game um Next next Saturday yes. against Wellington Phoenix, against Wellington Phoenix yeah. because uh, yeah, like I said, you got to see some interesting, yeah, some very yeah. some blasts from the past you now, and some very very good players of the present and the past. Uh, it's also know, a great reason around. to support your local NPL club as well in round one. If they happen to be at home in round one or playing in the Foundation Shield, 
get down and support that as well. Yeah, just yeah. get to the NPL this season. We're going to be saying this a lot over the next yep. few months. We're not just focused on the Brisbane Roar. We do cover NPL as well, and I'm going to continue to hammer that. Get to the NPL, watch the games on the streams if you can't. Just go support it. Because... Mute the games James is commentating on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't stay serious either. I uh, whispered well, yes, another member of our team it might be getting I'm behind the mic. Or... You're commentating, are you, Adam? No, not me. <laughs> yes, well, the cat's out of the bag there. It seems like I will be back for FQ for another season on commentary. So uh, we'll let you know which games to watch with music yeah. in the background instead of me. Absolutely. In all seriousness, yes. have a look at those Brisbane Raw jerseys up for donation. They are a really terrific item. I remember a few years ago when the... the remember those um, World Cup bid jerseys they did for that one-off round? I think those are really popular in terms of raising a lot of money as well. So this could be another, this could be another great fundraiser for for people who really need the help. And at a time like this, any and all assistance is appreciated. Absolutely. So. All right, we couldn't go three minutes without uh, making a couple of jokes. So let's get into one last debate thing I wanted to touch on, and that was a story that came out via Vince Rigari in the Sydney Morning Herald last night, and it's already uh, generated a whole lot of debate, and it's something we've talked about a couple of times in the history of this show, and it's about the scheduling of the A-League. Now, as we know, football here is a summer sport as it stands. However, uh, the one of the consultants that I wish I'd actually brought up the story now instead of trying to remember it off the top of my head. One of the A-League consultants has actually suggested uh, the the league should consider moving to a winter uh, period to try and increase the quality of it. It would be a massive shift. But I think it was 30 years ago I read in that story from Vince Rigari that the old NSL moved mm. from, the, from winter to summer largely to combat the two massive winter football codes in trying to create oxygen in terms and interest in the media so it'd be interesting to see how how everything would pan out if they move back to winter i think i think the standard of play would obviously be a lot higher you talk about playing in much better conditions you're not trying to play games in 35 40 degree heat in the middle of summer obviously it's incredibly difficult so that would make things a lot easier to do it would be easier as well if in the long term you're talking promotion relegation that would work in a lot easier but my question is if you do this is this going to just expedite or speed up the the decline of the A-League because if it goes up against the AFL, the NRL, Super Rugby, that could be really difficult to get column inches and broadcast dollars. I say this is a, you know, rusted on Reds fan, but I don't think they're going to have to worry too much about competing with Super Rugby. Look, I th- and I, I know I've brought it up before, um, we've talked about, but for me, this is the conversation that Australian football needs to have and they need to make some decisions based on that, you know, short term and long term. Yeah. My personal view is long-term, I think it's where football needs to be. I, I don't think running from uh, the AFL and NRL you know, is a good thing long-term. However, it needs to be viable. Yep. There's no point just rushing in on the hope and pr- promise and potential. There needs to be a plan. There needs to be a game plan. I think one of the big things I know I reading a lot of our feeds and our readers and posting on Facebook, and you know, thanks for all the you know, comments because you know, there's a lot of good stuff there. That um, that look the big question is stadium availability. I think that's the, and that, that's and that's probably the first thing it needs because at the moment, um, could you imagine all the dramas of scheduling trying to schedule around? Because at the end of the day, let's face it, in in the next three to five years at least, there is no chance in hell that football in this country compete against the juggernauts that are the NRL and AFL. If not on attendance of the AFL. Then you know, on the money and the might and the, just the traditional stronghold that is NRL in certain you know, in certain parts of the city, especially in our city. 
Yeah. So, well, I just want to uh, bring up mm. one of those comments yeah. we got from uh, Blake on our Facebook page. See, I do actually read these, so feel free yeah. to comment on stories. Absolutely. Um, yeah, only way it works is standalone football stadiums owned by the club slash FFA with substantially cheaper tickets. Don't have a superior product for Australian fans, so need to lower the price to compete in the same time frames. And I can't I, like that com- comment enough, I think. Yeah, I, I think that is the big overall yeah. thing. As a standalone, yeah. like, on its own, I totally agree with moving the A-League to winter. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, and you know, Australia is such a unique marketplace. This isn't England. This isn't Germany. This isn't even Japan or South Korea. It's not or, America either. Yeah, or Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, Peru... I'm just rattling off. Well, US, I USA, you bring up, you bring up USA. The MLS, is the, it, no, they do run in summer to avoid the NFL, but they also go, take on you know, Major League Baseball. And the but bulk I, of those teams do have their own stadiums now as well. I can only think of a handful that and, actually share it with the NFL. And then, and then, and then you'll find that a lot of those teams are actually owned by that NFL club anyway. That NFL franchise so at including the, my very loosely associated MLS club the New England Revolution go Pats <laughs> we had to get yeah, one reference yeah. I'm not going to say a word about what happened at the weekend <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. that will be, be the last reference of yeah, the season exactly <laughs> it, back to the stadium so it's yeah. interesting because I think obviously in Brisbane obviously Suncorp Stadium is the Roar's home but the Broncos and the Reds play there during the winter obviously and you think to where the Roar have gone this year with Dolphin Stadium well Dolphins have play games in the winter there as well in the in QRL, is it? Uh, the yep, the Intrust Super, Super Cup. But they play there, so that may limit availability as well. So not, it's not just at Suncorp where in Brisbane there would be issues. It could also face those up in Redcliffe as well. So I think this is a... Um, it does make scheduling yeah, such... It does. It's a long-term yeah. goal that I think if we can make it happen, it would be brilliant. Yeah. But I think there's so much that has to happen between now and then. It's a long way off. I think all... 12 A-League clubs including MacArthur are about to come in are going by the time to, it happens probably 14 yeah, are going to need to have a venue that they can absolutely lock in we are a tenant that the ground values and prioritises the games for because I don't think that's the case at most grounds at the moment on the, on the other hand particularly in New South Wales sorry Adam where there's are? two grounds that are being built at the moment yeah. so it's even more limited space because I think ANZ Stadium is out and Sydney Football Stadium are out so it's an even more of a premium on good quality grounds in Sydney at the moment and on, on the flip side but I think it's important as well that and again I've, I know I've spoke about in the past is that the sport itself needs to decide because obviously the one of the big things at the moment that what football fans I think almost unified across across the spectrum want is you know a proper football pyramid you know a, a you know a second division you know a you know, basic promotion relegation between the leagues, but you can't do that while you got you know the majority of the sport you know in winter and the a- and the A League, which yeah. is the apex competition in summer. So to align them, obviously, will then you know be a big benefit. But which side of the coin does that go? And if they do go to winter, that's one thing that they need to really seriously do, which will be a benefit. Two, uh, two or three final thoughts for me. First of all. You've got to work out where the next broadcast next broadcast contract is coming from because the only way I can also see this being feasible is if you target the free-to-air network that loses out on the next round of AFL and NRL rights and say, "Hey, look, we know we're not you know going to bring in the revenue of the AFL and NRL, but we're going to give you a sport product on a Saturday night that's something different, and also uh, you might have to wind up pairing with Optus Sports since they are now marketing themselves as a home of football on their app." Secondly. As we said, stadium availability, I just can't see how it's going to work. Here, uh, Sydney, Melbourne, there's just too much traffic on the stadiums as they are. You're basically going to need to redevelop 
uh, Ballymore or build up Perry Park or do something like yeah. that. And thirdly, we might finally have a use for some Brisbane Raw hoodies because let's be honest, we don't need them at the moment, do we? <laughs> Brisbane Raw scarves you don't really need yeah. either to be fair. It's, I mean, But you're right, it's, all those issues are important. I think the Optus Sport thing might actually have to happen as well because Fox Sports obviously heavily invested in the AFL, the NRL. Not just that, but they're also invested in, I don't care, but they've got the supercars that they're heavily invested in as well. They have a lot of winter content that they obviously do promote and get good ratings out of. So I think Optus might have to be that solution for either for the A-League or for Super Rugby perhaps. One of them's probably going to have to go to to Optus and that might be a really good move because if he can go to Optus as you said they're marketing themselves as the home of football, that might work really well because there's obviously a lot of people who subscribe to Optus who don't subscribe to Fox or who don't see the A-League anymore so you might pick up ratings in that, I don't know but that might be a good option. Definitely. All right, well we might have to park this discussion until the Raw's next bye week in uh, early April I'm fairly certain. Um, because I don't think this will be solved by then. I don't. I no, can't imagine. exactly. So we're going to park it because I can tell you both got a lot more to say. I've got a lot more to say. We need to take a break and talk about the raw matches that are coming up this weekend. We'll be back after this. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, it's the third and final segment of the Brisbane Football Review here. It's James, Scott and Adam, and, uh, well, we've got some games to actually preview this weekend, haven't we, Scott? That's great to talk about some actual football. We'll talk about plenty of, plenty of rumour and speculation, a bit of news, now it's time to get back into the real football. Yes, definitely. And it's nice to have some games to focus on. So uh, let's get started with the W League, and we'll start off with Western Sydney taking on Brisbane, Sunday 3pm at Marconi Stadium. I should also mention a quick congratulations to India Page Riley, who was named the W League Young Player of the Month for December. Yes, that's, uh, fan, that's a fan club on present. So, yeah. Yes. But no, congratulations to her. She, she's had a, she's had a um, great season so far. And uh, even though she started, she came off the bench for the last game. Um, look, I think she's she's doing a fantastic job, you know, in a very, very good squad. Definitely. Very uh, encouraging sign as well. Absolutely. You've done a great job stepping up into that central forward role. She was always saw her last year play out in the wider areas this Just year through the middle. more. You might get your wish on Sunday afternoon at um, Marconi Stadium. And it's a must-win game for the Raw W League side. Obviously, they're trying to make the finals. Um, they're 5 from 5 at that venue. Unfortunately, the Wanderers did win 3-1 in that first meeting uh, of the season back in uh, Lions in November. Yeah, round 3. It, look, it's it's time to just put up or shut up for the Brisbane Raw here. They, we know, we've talked all season long about how talented they are, how they've got the potential to be a competitor and contender in this season, how they've got the ability to beat teams like Western Sydney, but we need to see it now because they, we're getting to the point of the season now where the Raw need to really start picking up wins. And I think I think they realise this internally as well. I think James, we saw last week up at up at Dolphin Stadium, I beg your pardon, that where they, at full time, they were all in a big huddle and Jake Goodship was... Having, well, I don't know if that, what he was saying, but he was really, really trying to g the players up. I think and re- really uh, let the players know that it's time now. We need to start to deliver right now because they're good enough to do it. But teams are starting to pull away from them in that top four race. If they don't win this game, or at least come away with something, I think they're going to be in for for a, it's a real tough fight to get there. I know it's the league leaders. I know they're in terrific form. But they, I think they have to make a statement here. Terrific form is right. They actually um, defeated the. Uh Chinese national team and a friendly up here in Queensland over the weekend. So, so yeah, they're they're certainly ticking over during their bye week. But um, 
Yeah, this is a tough period in the schedule for the Raw because they they lost to Melbourne City, who were second slash top. You know, they're trading places with Western Sydney. They play Western Sydney this week, and then they play Sydney FC the following. So that's first, second, third in in any, in any order. So they really need to step up because it's really coming down to now. It's three teams going to be vying for one spot. Raw in there, Canberra and uh, Melbourne Victory. Melbourne Victory, I believe, one. Um, on yeah, they did. They, they did. They, did they beat sorry. Newcastle they did, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, so they're obviously now starting to find form. So yeah, basically they they drop points here. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough fight to to even make the finals. And it'll be it'll be I think it'll be with six you know Matildas in this squad, and a couple of uh, junior Matildas. I believe yeah that would be a failure if they can't at least you know be in it at least in the final week. They've got the talent to be there. Look, they yeah. really do. They've got the six Matildas you mentioned. A bunch of young Matildas have got. Some really good import players as well. It's yeah. a group who've been together largely for the last couple of years. I think they're still a really close-knit together group. And they've got the yeah. talent to get to do it. It's just they have to produce on the field, which they haven't done often enough so far this season against the better teams. It's all good beating teams like Newcastle and Canberra and Adelaide, but you have to beat the teams above you on the table. Yeah. All the teams you're fighting with for the top four. Otherwise you're going to be on the outside looking in. And this group, as I keep saying, it's far too good yep. to be watching the finals. Definitely. All right. Another team facing a must-win uh, fixture this weekend is the Y-League side, the defending champion Y-League side. Uh, they're travelling to Adelaide to take on uh, Adelaide United's youth team, funnily enough. Sunday, 10am at Adelaide City Park. That's confirmed? Yes, the venue changed today. So that's the new, new, venue, with, uh... new venue for anyone down in South Australia wanting to go and watch the game. It's at Adelaide City Park. Yes. Uh, final game of the regular season for the Young Raw. They need a win to keep the pressure on Melbourne Victory to finish on top of their conference uh, because they have a bye in the final round and the Victory have a Melbourne Derby at home this weekend and then they take on Adelaide away. So they've basically got to find a way to pick up points somewhere. They have to and they have to Victory drop points somewhere in those two games. A, a draw in one of those two games for Victory will be enough for the Raw to go to win the conference for the second straight year but With it's an utterly the... ridiculous goal difference mind <laughs> thanks yes. to a big win over Melbourne victory as we keep pointing out but it's out of their hands right now they have to keep winning and as, as Chris Grossman said we've, we've put the pressure back on Melbourne victory that's all they can do they've got to do that again on Sunday morning against Adelaide definitely alright let's move on to the A-League now because it's the game that uh, I think is going to generate the most attention this weekend because it's in Brisbane it's the one we're most looking forward to definitely uh, round 13 Brisbane Raw versus Melbourne City Saturday 4pm kickoff at Suncorp Stadium now in the original uh, part of the draw this was supposed to be the Saturday night feature match but because of the ABC broadcasting contract and their desire to not have Wellington every week I assume uh, that's been moved up to the ABC feature game at 4pm uh, Brisbane time Oh, so there you go. So people want to watch on ABC can watch as I well. might have noticed that on uh, Tuesday when I was updating the uh, fixture pages at my day job. Fair enough. It's a big game, though, is it? The Raw, they've had a good win a week and a half ago now against Western Sydney Wanderers, but they've got two home games now back-to-back against two pretty good sides. It's fair to say well, Melbourne City are I think they're second on the table at the moment, but they're a bit hot and cold, and Wellington are really the surprise package of the league this season. But the Raw are unbeaten in two games now, and We've seen them move to the just outside the top six. We've seen teams who've got like Perth Glory have gone on a run, go from bottom to top three in a couple of weeks. It can be done. Well, into the, the Roar have got run. the yeah, Roar have got two home games now, and if they can pick up at least four, maybe six points in these two games, they can absolutely move up, not just into the top six, maybe into about third or fourth spot because it's still congested in that area. But this is a really big time for the Roar because it's two home games. 
and I think they have to take advantage of them, albeit against two good sides. And playing Melbourne City at Suncorp Stadium has actually been pretty profitable for them yeah. as well. Where One re- loss in the last six. Yeah, we remember the games where they've actually been able to come in and I suppose, like just get results. And obviously when they played at Dolphin Stadium back in November, when Adam and I were both out of the country... They actually managed to pick up their first win of the season. They did, so if the Raw don't go well this weekend, it's clearly on both of you. Well, he's not going to be there, so... Well, it's clearly on you, then. (laughs) Yeah, uh, happy birthday, Dad, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so I think we're going to see probably a largely unchanged lineup. They will have had, what, ten full days of rest between games as well, so there's no reason, I suppose, for Robbie Fowler to make any major changes. I've got a couple of questions with this Raw side. I mean, in terms of injuries, we just don't know what's going on. I mean, Jordan Courtney Perkins... Picked up some kind of knee injury after Western United, but before Newcastle. We haven't heard anything about it other than a, a quick one-line answer saying that he's just, we're not sure what's wrong, we'll announce in due course. Well, it was about two weeks since then, and we still don't know what's going on there. Is he back in training? Is he not far away? Is it one of those long-term knee injuries that is going to keep him out for the rest of the season? We don't know. And Ramanek Barry as well played 90 minutes for the Roar against Western United, and he hasn't been cited since either, so... You talk about who's are they going to make potential changes? We don't know because Aaron and Marty Holloway limped off as we talked about last week. Daniel Bowles as Daniel well. Daniel Bowles as well. So there's a couple of players who did limp off injured. So we don't know if they're going to be available, so there may have to be changes. You don't know. Well, the squads will come out probably by uh, lunchtime yeah. tomorrow, and we'll hopefully have a bit of a better idea there. We do know this will be Jack Hingott's first game back at Suncorp Stadium as well after his, uh, well, let's be honest, shock return to the squad against Newcastle. And they've been and the Roar unbeaten since Jack's back. So obviously they're. They've sort of found a bit of marketing sort of you know push behind that, but uh, look and that's look. I I mean that joke joking about the marketing push, but look, he actually I'd be has using been, it. <laughs> he actually has been very very good in his return. We we see we we've had the privilege of seeing him build build up you know the minutes you know in the youth league, and then he sort of you know put in against Newcastle and Western Sydney. And I think the key to them is just to continue on you know what they did against. Um, Western Sydney, except you know, concede in the first five yeah. minutes. I think that's the only thing that you know they just need to be a bit more awake. But yeah, look at this stage. You know, if they can start putting you know unbeaten run together, you know, four, five, six games, you know, and they don't have to win every week. You know, it'd be nice if they could, but uh, that you know basically the the difference between last and the playoffs at the moment is six points, it's two wins. So the raw. It's it's a very congested um, sort of group when you get get past you know, third or fourth place. And you know, a couple of a couple of wins, all of a sudden they're sort of you know talking finals. And as we saw last weekend from uh, Melbourne City as well, that Melbourne Heart DNA still has uh, m- flashes, uh, even though they've changed club colours and whatnot. You don't know what Melbourne yeah, City is going to turn up each that. week because you just they're so inconsistent. They got on their day they can beat anybody in this league, including Sydney FC. But on other days they look like they struggle to beat teams right down the bottom. And we saw it actually. At Redcliffe game sums it up perfectly. In the first half they look like. They were going to championship rip. contenders yeah. in the second half they just I don't know where they went did they go to the airport early or what because it was completely different but it sums up Melbourne City in a nutshell because that's what they are and if they if they come with their best performance on Saturday afternoon it could be a tough day for the Raw but history shows you Melbourne City at Suncorp traditionally don't play that well I would imagine that the, 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 the main focus would be shut down Jamie McLaren I think you shut him down I think that you're halfway win the battle. If he, he if he scores a couple early and gets his confidence up, I don't know if they can pull off you know a Redcliffe miracle again and you know run him run him down. So I think that's going to be the major focus for the defensive unit, especially Tom Aldred. They've just got to shut down um, Jamie McLaren. But also said that don't allow players like Craig Noon or um, 
one of the Uruguayans or, or Cabrera or Luna one of those, whoever. Cabrera's just apparently gone back oh, to South oh, America must, so. I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't think you'll see Cabrera uh, okay so Adrian Luna they've got so just in a in essence, I've just got to make sure that they, they shut them, shut the, the attack down, and and that's half the battle won. Yep, definitely. And I don't think they're going to be able to completely blunt the Melbourne City attack, but if they can keep them to one goal, mm. that's probably going to be their starting point as well. Because you got to remember, like we're used to living in Brisbane with this oppressive heat and humidity. I wouldn't be at all surprised if City wind up faltering quite badly later on in the game because let's be honest four o'clock it's still really freaking hot really it genuine. can be absolutely I mean you'd, it could very well be one of those tropical afternoons where it could be a storm rolling in Suncorp sauna yeah yep that like that's honestly it wouldn't be the first time we've seen a Suncorp sauna with the storm rolling in either just at full time or just after you if, if it's one of those days you're right for teams down south they're the days they really don't like coming up to Brisbane. Jeez, I, remember, I remember actually a game against Melbourne City where the storm absolutely you know blew up over Suncorp Stadium just right on full time. So. I know. I remember. Mm. I remember actually um, getting a phone call from my now wife, then girlfriend, and all it was was just it was a FaceTime, and all it was was just her phone was focused on the screen, going, "Um, you know that's about to hit you, right?" <laughs> and actually, the other memory I have from that game, I think, no, that were Melbourne City at that point. Yeah. I remember Thomas Broich scored one of the best goals of his career in what was a 2-0 win, possibly. He hit a shot from about 25, 30 yards out. It started off on the left post and just hit hit it with that much curve. It went inside the netting on the right-hand side. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking about Thomas Broich then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a minute. Yeah. What a player. Yeah, we, we, bring him back? we didn't get their youth league. He's only 38, 39. Isn't he? He could come back. Oh, yeah. Could play in the NPL. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, like so, we didn't get our youth league Thunder and Lightning derby, so maybe maybe Saturday <laughs> night tonight. Definitely. Either way, yeah. There's there's a lot to look forward to for this one. If I'm going to be honest, though, gun to my head, and if anyone digs up my predictions from my day job, I've got Melbourne City to win this one. Like I I hate to you know pick against the raw, but if I'm going to be honest, I think it's going to be one of those two one raw have a chance to try and equalise, but I just can't see them getting over the line. I think it could be a draw because I think. It- who knows what cities are going to turn up? They turn Actually, up no, at their best. Three one because I think I backed over three and a half goals. There you go. Gamble responsibly, but yeah. I do think I think it could be a draw this week because I think the Raw have found a bit of form. They've found something in the front third. If if Amadiu Holloway is playing, him and Maradovic have found something that works. There seems to be chances in that, and eventually they'll convert to goals. But Melbourne City have always got goals in them as well. I think this might be a draw. I'm actually going to be the eternal opposite. I actually think Brisbane Raw can win. This week, I, think hey, I wouldn't say no to that. I'll take the win. Don't yeah, take I, I think two one. I, I've, I've got questions about Melbourne City. I, I just think, you know, look, they're, they're traveling well because they're accumulating points at the top of the ladder. But I don't think we've seen, we've very rarely seen a complete performance from them this season. And I think with the weather the way it is, uh, coming up to Brisbane this time of, of year um, for a Southern team, that's going to be tough. So um, I actually think yeah, Raw can can pip them here. One last thing, I. I think Eric Mombe might even use that sort of heat, humidity, excuse factor to say, I've, we've talked in the past about the mentality of the side not being right. He might change and say, look, I've said before you're not, I don't rate the mentality of this in not his words, but that's more or less the message he's been sending. He might change and say, right, we need a win up here in Brisbane. Go show me you've got the right mentality to win big games. But either way, he Eric might Mombe go with that. The uh, press conference, that'll be pretty entertaining there stuff. There you go. Yeah, I, yeah, that press conference we had after the uh, Strikers FFA Cup game. That Very was, knowledgeable. Yeah, like any, as I said, you could see him take a couple of minutes to think about what he's going to say. All right, final question, Adam. Sorry, the game is going to be uh, Brisbane Raw come back and win. 
Scott, on next week on next week's podcast, we're going to be talking about. Before I start, I think it might have been Fox who questioned the superplex mentality. I might be wrong on that, but someone questioned their mentality. What will we be talking about on the show? We're talking about hopefully a Brisbane Raw win. I'm but not... I think we're talking about maybe a new player. Perhaps we don't know, but I think I think the Raw. I think they'll put in a performance this weekend. I know I tipped a draw, but I do think we'll be talking about a win. I'm going to say uh, Muradovic scores scores his first goal for Brisbane Raw. And here's your membership card for the fan club. <laughs> you had to say that. Anyway, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Scott. Thank Thanks, James. Thanks, Alison. Good to see you both again. Yep, and thank you, Trixie, as well. Um, once again, happy birthday, Dad, for Sunday. And um, Actually, happy... Uh, best wishes to my dad, who's over in Los Angeles at the moment. Except I your dad, I think, might actually listen to this episode. Oh, uh, let's hope so. <laughs> I don't think my dad will listen, but if he is, I don't know how I... Definitely. All right. Birthday comes early for us. There you go. Definitely. All right. There's a lot of football to get uh, out to in the coming weeks. Get to Suncorp Stadium, but more importantly, you know, get involved with the uh, bushfire relief efforts if you can as well. Enjoy the football this weekend. We'll be back next Wednesday to talk about it. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening.